0: Hello, Chicago, and welcome back to WDRV The Drive. If you're just tuning in, then listener, where have you been all night? Riots have broken out, violence has erupted, people have taken to the streets, and worst of all, the vibe has been severely harshed. Let's start with an update on the situation in Comiskey Park. Seems the situation has finally begun to die down. Despite the efforts of the Sox and even the supposed efforts of instigator Steve Dahl himself, the Chicago PD have arrived on the scene in full riot gear. I'm being told that 39 rioters have been apprehended for actions resulting in injuries to over 30 people. Not to mention untold damage to the stadium itself. Looks like the White Sox are gonna have to forfeit this one, folks. But the good news is the police are free again to tend to you, the people of Chicago, and have been dispatched across the city, including towards the Heaven's Limelight, where some of the world's most rich and famous have gathered for a swinging party. Fingers crossed the trouble wasn't too bad. Wouldn't want the party to come to an end. Now, would we? <laughs> Welcome to Murder Mystery Night, the podcast, brought to you by Johnny Scott's Comics and Games, located at 1703 East Main Street, Kent, Ohio. I am your host, Riley E. Walton, and here to introduce themselves in order of how many manuscripts of mine they've had but haven't read yet are your players, Max.
1: Hi, I'm Max, and I play DJ Flowright, or Kevin Flondell, and I have one unread manuscript in my Gmail.
0: You have eight. Do I have eight? <laughs> You have eight, dude.
1: <laughs> I'm Ben Lambert,
2: and I have two unread manuscripts. I also, less importantly, play Steel Harding on this podcast.
3: Hello, I am White Whitecloud, who was apparently not sent a manuscript and is very hurt about it. And I play Molly Silvers, the disco queen, who is putting the case together.
4: Hi, my name is Yassir Pope, and I didn't even know about these manuscripts, so... No harsh feelings. Sorry, I didn't know about him, though. (laughs) (laughs) And, dear listeners,
0: tonight with us, we have our special guest star. Here she is to introduce herself.
5: (laughs) The character I'm playing is this detective, and you're going to have fun with her. Her name's Zoe. I, Nemo, and you're going to find some... (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. You're going to have some fun with her. All right.
0: All right, without further ado, let's get right back into it. When last we left, Molly, you had blood covering your body. From Stacy Bush's little freakout over top of Ken's dead body. And Steele, you were giving off a very threatening presence. Stacy was clearly very afraid of you. Steele and Molly, you were trying to figure out what's happened to everybody, what's happened to Ken. But before you could get anywhere, bang, bang, bang. Open up, it's the police.
2: Kind of as a show of good faith, knowing I'm not going to have time to explain myself to Molly over the events of what happened um, last session, I want to slip her the two little labels that I have before anyone else can see.
0: You pass her the two little labels that you took from the videotapes, one that reads S. Harding and one that reads S. Bush. Meanwhile, the doorman opens up the door to reveal the Chicago Police Department, and standing at the head of the police department is one Detective Zoe Mimo. She's a woman in her 40s, but still in her prime. She's got black frizzy hair and a brown pantsuit. Her style is in direct contrast to the vibrant colors and whimsical nature of the disc movement. And you can tell that her personality is, too. Zoe walks into the room all business, and what does she see but the body of Ken Valentine lying dead on the floor. Two bloody women atop of it, and they both seem very scared of a very notable pornographic actor. Zoe, what are your thoughts?
5: I'm assessing the crime scene, and all I can see is death carnage, fear, and someone potentially threatening. And that's the first thing I want to address. All right, do I have a squad with me? Yeah, you have a couple of officers. I'm gonna have them take the perimeter. I want people on doors. I want people at exits. I want corners lit up right now, lights on right now.
0: DJ flo you're watching all this happen from the broken window of the pyramid room.
1: I'm a little bit nervous, uh, and I realize that the pyramid mi- the pyramid room is not the best place for me to be right now, so I uh, hightail it out of there.
0: You run through the kitchen door and down the steps into the kitchen where, once again, you can see the waiter, Steven. He's making his way to the back of the kitchen where you remember he's told you about an exit to the building. Where are you going? I'm leaving! What are, what are you doing here? We talked about this. they were rich and famous and we're not. This is Illinois, man. They have the death penalty. We could We could get the chair for this. You could get lethal injection. Is that what you want, ma'am?
1: Don't you think it'll be, like, I don't know, more suspicious if we leave right now? Not if nobody knows we were
0: here, dumbass. You spent the whole night at the bar, and I'm the help. Nobody's looking at me.
1: Fine. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's do this.
0: You two make your way to the back door. As you do, two officers come running inside. They see you trying to get out the back, and they're running towards you.
1: I'll, I'll keep running.
0: You make it out the door, and you see the... Little back area with a large wall, a dumpster, and a trash compactor. You think if you could make it onto the dumpster, you could make it onto the trash compactor, you could make it over the wall. Is that what you're going to do? Yes. All right, what's your athletics score? It takes very little effort, and you get yourself on top of the dumpster, but Steven, who is a very overweight man, is trying to get up on the dumpster, and he can't. One of the officers grabs him and brings him inside. The other officer is climbing up onto the dumpster. Are you going to try to go for the trash compactor? Yes. Easily, again, you make it onto the trash compactor. So does the police officer. He grabs you. He's got his hand on your wrist. What is your reaction?
1: I am going to struggle and try and shake him off.
0: With another 18 after your ability is added... You get free of him, and you try for the wall. He tries for you again. He leaps towards you, smashes his face in the trash compactor. You make it up onto the wall, but you realize it's sort of a longer jump down than you anticipated. You're sort of between a rock and a hard place now. Tell us what's going through your mind.
1: Is there a roof that I could possibly Assassin's Creed my way on?
0: (laughs) There's the roof of the Heaven's Limelight.
1: Is that what you're
0: going for? Yeah. You make it up onto the roof... You can look out over the Chicago skyline. You can see the police cars going through almost every street of Chicago. You can see the smoke still rising over Comiskey Stadium. And you can see the crowds of police and paparazzi on the floor. The news has caught footage of you on the roof. And as you turn around, that police officer stands up right again and gives you one last warning. This is the last time I'm going to say it. Stop where you are. Freeze where you're standing. You are under arrest, under suspicion of the murder of Ken Valentine.
1: Okay, I first of all, let me set the record straight. I did not murder anybody. I'll go, I'll go down with the police officer.
0: Detective, what have you been doing during all this time? Have you approached the two blood-covered women? Have you approached the man they are afraid of? Or are you off looking for Lola Valentine, which is uh, Ken's now widow? You.
5: I'm pointing at Mr. Harding, (laughs) I got- I have my hand on my pistol, I'm like, pointing at him. I'm like, you, I need you to back away from those women. Officers, I need you to get to those women. You, I'm pointing at another officer. Cuff him. Everyone else, up against the wall.
0: The entire party puts their hands up against
4: the wall. Officer, give me one second. I'm still pouring milk into this guy's eyes. Um, If you could pour some in my eyes, that would be great. I kind of pepper sprayed all three of us over here. Thank you.
0: The officer very roughly grabs the jug of milk and splashes it into your face before turning you over and shoving you up against the wall. You feel another body sort of hit you against the wall, and it's Tony, and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and he backs up and he stands right next to him and he puts his hands up against the wall. Detective, from the roof access, you can see an officer coming down with a man uh, who you don't recognize. Uh, an Asian man who's dressed very differently from everybody else who's in gold chains. And from the kitchen, you see another officer bringing in an overweight man who's dressed like a waiter, but who you recognize as Stephen Le Prince.
5: My eyes are following movement, so I'm seeing the guy coming down from the roof, and I'm seeing the guy coming in from the kitchen. So I'm going to have them against the wall and I'm going to go for the guy who looks the most nervous.
0: DJ Flowright, I think she's talking about you.
5: Oh, nervous
0: me? There is the kitchen area, which should be empty by now. There is the pyramid room, though that is an active crime scene. There is a backstage area, and there are two restrooms. Which would you like to use for uh, in an interview space?
5: Uh, which one has soundproofing, if any? Probably
0: the backstage area, though you can't guarantee that.
5: I'm just gesturing towards the backstage area. I'm like putting like four uh, officers in charge of just the perimeter and watching people, uh, beyond the people actually securing the people against the wall. Um, I'm going to have the officer who took DJ Flo, right? I'm going to have him accompany me and he's
3: going to be my doorman.
0: Molly, you are up against the wall. You are standing next to both Steele Harding and Stacey Bush. You are right in between them.
3: Yeah, I definitely just want to try and peer over my shoulder and see what I can really see what's happening around me and kind of look at the people in the line, along with, like, uh, Steele and Stacy as well.
0: You see everybody that you've seen tonight. You see Steven, you see Steele, you see your husband, you see Tony, you see Sigourney Weaver and Richard Gere and Bo Derek and Bo Derek's shitty husband. But important to note, you do not see Lola Valentine and we are going to go back into the backstage area. Zoe, you and your officer bring DJ Flowright into the green room
1: and I'd like to I'd like to know what you discuss. Um my name is uh DJ I, no, you probably want my god given name. Um my name is Kevin Flondell. Please don't tell anyone. Um what were your other questions? I was so worried about getting my name right.
5: Look, look, just tell me why you're here and why you're running away from an officer. I have people to get to.
1: I don't, um, well, I ran away from the, it's really funny. Uh, I ran away from the officer because he was chasing me. That was scary. Um, it is all to promote the brand. I'm a rapper.
5: So you're a rapper. You worked with Ken, who is currently lying on the floor. Do you have any idea how that happened?
1: No, no, I really don't. I was at the bar all night. You can ask the bartender. I think his name is Tony.
5: Tony the bartender. I'm going to write that down. So, you were running away from an officer. What brought you to this club in particular tonight? Was there some kind of event? Was, what was up with Ken?
1: I mean, nothing was up with Ken. It's, it's his birthday. He invited me here to mingle and make connections, I think.
5: Explain what you saw, or at least heard.
1: Uh, I saw some explosions, and then everybody ran to the explosions, and then... Ken's dead. Ken's just dead.
5: People ran towards the explosions?
1: I mean, yeah, they're explosions. I guess people thought they were fireworks or something.
5: I just want you to know that everything you say here is private, so you want to start again and tell me every single thing you know?
1: Um, well, okay, I do have something. Um... But you gotta promise you won't tell people that I told you.
5: Okay, I'm listening.
1: Um, so I went up to the pyramid room and... there were some weird tapes there, they were destroyed and... I don't know, they didn't have a label, but it just... it's kinda weird that they were there. But, I think somebody walked up there... somebody was there when I went up to check it out. Um, you might have seen him. Steel Harding?
5: Steel Harding, that's the guy down on on the dance floor. I'm sure you saw him, right? That was him? Yeah, that's him. Okay, okay. I'll have my officer take you out. Thank you for your cooperation. I'm going to have the other officer bring in Steven, who I recognize from, what, Case Files? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have him bring in Steven. DJ Flo you
0: go back out into the room, and officer puts you up against the wall right next to Stacey Bush, which also puts you two people away from Molly Silvers and three people away from Steele Harding. Zoe, as you... Re-enter the room, you see everybody up against the wall. An officer comes up to you and he tells you that they're having trouble finding Lola Valentine, Ken's widow.
5: Do I know anything about Ken Valentine just himself beyond what he's done?
0: Uh, well, I mean, you know his reputation. you know the stuff that I handed you on that piece of paper right there and you know you know what his job is. Ken is ultimately a very secretive person.
5: Is there anyone here by the name of Maximus Rust? All right,
0: Max. <laughs> The officer starts taking you towards the backstage area, towards the room. What are, are you cooperating?
5: What's your reaction?
4: I didn't do anything. Just so you know that.
5: Just relax. We're just going to have a couple questions from you. Just sit down in that chair, and everything's going to be private and contained in this room. Just cooperate.
0: You've been in a lot of green rooms, a lot of backstage areas, but this feels so different to that. The tone is much more somber than it usually is. Even in your quiet moments backstage, there's usually always something going on here, but now it's just stillness and death, and you feel that this will affect the way you view green rooms and backstage areas for the rest of your life moving forward, uh, however long that might be.
5: Maximus Rust. (laughs) First off, why are you here?
4: I was here to celebrate my late friend Ken Valentine's birthday with my wife and friends.
5: Okay, Ken Valentine. So, you know him, like, personally?
4: Yeah, I knew him. How close? I mean, he took me in when I was uh, just, I traveled here. I was looking for something new. I was just a record boy, and he saw a kid with a dream and gave it to me.
5: How long have you known him?
4: We knew Jeff for about, like, uh, four years now.
5: Four years, okay. Would you have any idea why Ken Valentine would be writing his will around now?
4: I mean, shit, he was getting old. Probably saw this coming. Probably had enemies.
5: So he has enemies?
4: He could. I mean, the closest memory I have is seeing that bartender look pretty pissed off when he first walked in.
5: The bartender?
4: I don't know his name. Tony.
5: Tell me about him.
4: (sighs) Yeah, Ken walked in, and you just see his face just turned. He was just, it looked like Ken, like, flirted with his wife. (laughs) Speaking
5: Uh, of Ken's wife. Do you know anything about Lola Valentine?
4: Mm, only rumors. No, rumors? Heard she was on that uh, stuff. Oh, she was off that white. Okay. That's what they call it nowadays.
5: So his wife was here. Yes. When's the last time you saw? First off, Ken.
4: Last time I saw Ken, um, we were at the bar, and he addressed my wife as her instead of her name, as if she was like out of the picture or something. And I corrected him on that. And I think I kind of rubbed him the wrong way. And then he went up to the pyramid with uh Stacy Bush. And um I think I saw a steal going up there.
5: When was the last time you saw his wife?
4: Oh, no. I, I saw her uh, head towards, like, the uh, ladies' room. Yeah.
5: The ladies' room. Okay.
4: Oh, yeah. My wife wanted to be a good Samaritan. Sorry, I left that up. Who's your wife? Molly Silvers.
5: Okay. Stacy Bush, when was the last time you saw her?
4: Yeah, I saw her freaking out over the dead body who she was last with in the pyramid. So...
5: Final question. So recently I was privy to a couple legal documents and they involved your name. And I would like to ask Are you aware that you are on Ken Valentine's will instead of his wife?
4: Are you serious?
5: I'm just asking a question.
4: Like, I'm really on the will?
5: Please just answer the question.
4: I wasn't aware. Sorry.
5: Thank you for being honest. Do with I get me. the company? So you weren't aware that you're on the will, okay? All right, I'm gonna knock on the door. I'm gonna have the officer take him out.
0: The officer escorts Maximus Rust out of the room, and he puts him on the wall, right next to his wife, and in between his wife and Stacy Bush. Uh, Detective Nemo, uh, who would you like to interview next? You can have some
5: NPCs. We have some players. I'm going to actually call in both um, Tony, the bartender, and Stacy Bush.
0: Molly. You finally see your husband again, after so long. Uh, not seeing him tonight. Do you, are you two gonna catch up? What's going through your head?
3: Uh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll look at him, and I'm not gonna say anything, it's just, it's a look of I'm not mad, I'm just really disappointed.
4: Why are you looking at me that way? I didn't kill him.
3: I didn't, I didn't say you killed him, look, why? You have milk all over your face.
4: Hey, I did not tell him to f- fucking splash my face. He could've took a cup or use glass and pour it slowly, like I was doing, or from the jug.
3: What were you even doing? Pepper spraying him. He was attacking me. I accused him of being a killer. He was attacking you. He was attacking me. Max, can you, can you elbow Steele for me?
4: With pleasure. Max aggressively mm, to steal his rib.
3: Uh,
0: an officer sees that. Hey, we don't want any more of that out of you. Steele, only wants you.
2: Oh, I thought you had a problem with that though.
4: Not that way, you horny. Dog.
2: she wants to talk to you. Interesting. Does this look like a good time to be having a conversation? We are kind of up against the wall, and they don't really like us talking. I'm giving you a chance to talk to my wife after
4: very aggressively flirting with her. My pride was attacked. I felt threatened. So please, just hear her out, whatever she has to say. <clears throat> Sorry, just had to do that just because I hate you. DJ flo Wright, uh, you are
0: witness to this entire conversation. There's only so quiet a person can whisper. Are
1: we doing something right now? Is, what are you guys talking about? We're trying to figure out what exactly happened to Ken. But what What do you think happened?
3: I don't know. I um, I find it strange I can't find Lola anywhere, though. I just talked to her a couple minutes ago in the girl's bathroom.
1: I look around and I sort of realize that, yes, Lola is, in fact, missing. I... Did she... How'd she leave? There are officers everywhere.
3: I honestly have no idea. The last time I saw her, she was in the bathroom, and then I left and ran into Stacy, And then the officers came here, so I I don't know why she would leave.
1: Do you think she did it?
3: I'm hoping not, but I I, I don't know.
2: I I look past Max for a second. I was like, how can I help you, Molly?
3: I told you before that I just want to know the truth. That hasn't changed. What did you give me?
2: Now's probably the best time, huh? Because it's going to come out anyway. Ken Valentine, I look over at Max. Your best friend has blackmail on several celebrities regarding their sex tapes. He was holding Stacy's and mine hostage to keep us under his thumb. I didn't kill him but you can tell why I'm happy that he's dead.
4: You ain't make one, did you, Molly?
3: Do you really think that this is important right now? We learned that this man is just as cruel and sick as I thought he was, so personally, I'm not very affected, Max.
4: (sighs) Yeah, he's a piece of shit. I mean,
3: he ain't too bad. Look at me. I'm up. Oh, yeah, let's look at you. You're a great example.
4: (sighs) Look, that's... It's very hard to hear that my mentor, kind of like a father figure or a big brother to me, would uh do such horrible things to people. Just, you know, thinking about all of the things that he's done for me. So, you know, on a, you know I, honestly, I'm sorry that that happened to you.
3: I'm sorry that he did good things for you. But to people like me and Steele, we don't get that privilege. So, yes. Maybe a part of me is glad he's gone.
0: Out of the back room walks Stacy Bush with Tony the bartender uh, and Detective Nemo. Also, out of the bathroom, a police officer comes parading Lola Valentine.
5: She's going to be on a separate wall. Lola's going to be, like, isolated. And I'm going to have an officer specifically stationed next to her. And then I'm going to go look over at Steel Harding and gesture for him to come in. So I've been informed that you and Stacey Bush were the last two people to see Ken Valentine alive.
2: Uh, that would be most likely correct, um, to my knowledge at least.
5: Okay. And you left before the explosion, correct?
2: Yes, I was, um, down at the dance floor, um, with, uh, Richard Gere.
5: What was your relationship to Ken Valentine?
2: Ken Valentine, um, was one of my first connections in Hollywood, um, he helped me learn um, a lot of the people around there and helped me get connections to get farther into my business.
5: So what would persuade you to threaten him with a knife?
2: Um, I might have told a little bit of a fib. Um, tell me, Detective, are you aware that he was having multiple affairs on his wife, Lola?
5: Can you tell me more about that?
2: Um, yes. Um, in fact, Stacy Bush was one of them. Stacey Bush is a good friend of mine. Um, And that's kind of why I've been running about. I have been very aware of this affair, between the two of them especially, and I wanted to make sure my good friend didn't seem incriminated. That's why I went back up to the Pyramid Lounge to look around. I wanted to make sure my friend wasn't incriminated for something I feel like she probably didn't do.
5: Stacy tells me that um, she was having an affair with Ken. You just confirmed that. She also says that you were having an affair with Ken, which is really strange because you threatened him with a knife.
2: All right. Um, Well, if Stacy is confirming that, then I have no reason to deny it, although, Detective, I'm sure you can tell why I'm denying it. If you're aware of the affair, I'm going to make no attempts of hiding it, although my motives still remain the same despite that. The knife itself specifically has to do with he had sex tapes he was using to blackmail Stacy and I, and this is also likely the case for other notable people that he wanted to keep under his thumb. I used the knife to get to the tapes. I destroyed the tapes, and I since have discarded the knife. Um, I am not sure where it ended up, but you can see it is not on my person. It was hiding in my boots, and as you can see, I am not wearing shoes right this moment.
5: When you destroyed the, um, the tapes, was Ken present?
2: He was. Um, he, I was threatening him so I could get the tapes, I destroyed them right in front of his face, and then I left.
5: And you saw Stacy Bush before you guys went into the Pyramid Room?
2: Uh, yes, we had a brief conversation at the bar.
5: Okay. I think I have completed my questioning for this person, so I'm going to send him out. I'm honestly going to like take a brief once-over with um, Ken's body and just... Basically, check out, like, how his body was damaged and if there was any, like, actual, like, wounds or anything.
0: You approach the center of the dance floor. Ken Valentine is lying dead on the floor. He's lying face down on the floor, surrounded in a sea of black stained glass, and next to him is a glass of liquor. That's brown liquor. It's sort of a light brown, and there's the leg of a table next to him also. And that's not to mention the pool of blood that is underneath him. Do you want to turn him over? Do you want to, what do you want to do?
5: I'm going to examine the liquor and then I'm going to have an officer actually escort Tony over. And then I'm going to have another officer escort um, Lola Valentine into the back room and she's going to be waiting there.
0: Uh, Tony is escorted over to the body. He's got tears in his eyes, it seems like he's been drinking tonight, and there's bits of milk on his face.
5: Alright, Tony, you're the bartender, right? Yeah, I-, I-, I told you that in the back room just now. Tony, I know you've ha- you're have you having a rough night right now, but I need to ask you, did you serve this particular glass of alcohol? I realize that you've served a lot recently.
0: Y- yeah, yeah, that was Amaro Ramazzotti when he... That was always his drink. I gave him his first one uh, when he came in and he went up to the pyramid room. And then uh, Steel Harding told me that he needed another drink when he came down. So I got him another one and I headed up to give it to him.
5: When you got to the room, when you gave him his drink, um, what did you see out of curiosity?
0: Well, he was in the room and he looked sad and I gave him his drink and then I left. We don't really talk a lot because, you know, we don't really talk a lot.
5: Can you identify a tampered drink?
0: Tampered how?
5: Like, do you know your drinks? And can you sniff a difference? Or identify a visual difference? Probably. So I'm gonna grab the glass, and I'm going to place it in his hand, crouch down, then gesture for him to come down to my level. First off, I want you to look at this glass. Can you identify any particles sticking to the glass whatsoever or um, attach a scent to it? And after that, I want you to hold down your head, and I want you to look at this mess. I want you to assess the liquor, and I want you to tell me what you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. Tony is holding the glass in his hands, and he's sort of looking at it. He's moving it around in the light, and he takes a step. It's like the whole world goes in slow motion, because Tony takes a step as he tries to reposition the glass in the light and you can see slowly his foot inching towards the two puddles on the ground and you can see he's not paying attention to it he's paying attention entirely to the glass even though the world's in slow motion you're just too slow to stop it his foot hits the puddles and he just falls straight backwards as he's falling backwards he drops the glass it shatters on the ground he reaches out to you To try to get your help to stand up, grabs onto your jacket, pulls you down with him. You're both on the ground.
5: Um, I'm kind of in a panic mode, but I'm like, like he's still grabbing onto my jacket. So first off, I'm like trying to get like a footing because I'm like in between a couple puddles and a body and his body. So I need a footing and I need him to get off my jacket. So I'm just like pushing him off and knocking the glass away.
0: You knock the glass away and you stand back up and Tony stands back up as police officers rush towards you and Tony apologizes. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I am so sorry. I've had a lot of vodka to drink tonight and it's a very stressful situation and he's rubbing his hands on his apron. You can see fingerprints on his apron. He's been rubbing his hands on his apron all night. Uh, he says, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice anything in the glass. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry.
5: I'm just going to like rub my forehead. I'm just like done with this. I'm like, okay, officers, move. Take him away. Um, Just put him against the wall again. Can we just say that that I talked to Lola shortly after that?
0: You pull Lola into a side room and you interview her as well. During your interview with Lola, Molly, Max, and Steele, and DJ flo from the ballroom, you can hear Lola's voice scream out, WHAT?! And she comes marching out. Detective Nemo, you're running out after her. You're trying to get her to stop. You're calling after your officer, stop her, stop her, stop her. But instead she marches right up to you, Steel Harding, with that one hearty slap across the face. You're almost knocked down to your feet. That's a lot more than you're expecting, especially from such a frail woman. Lola starts screaming at you. How could you? I knew you were sleeping with him, but how could you do this to me? How could you leave me with so little? I don't know how you got him to do it.
2: He's sleeping with half of Hollywood. Do you think this is about me, or do you think this is about the man laying dead on the floor?
0: He wrote me entirely out of his will and left it to somebody else, and I don't think there's anybody else that could be but you.
4: It's my will. The company's mine. The record company, it's mine.
0: Lola slaps you across the face, too. Your health last time we checked was at 16. You're down to six health. Lola slaps you so hard, and she's got those like long, done-up nails. She draws blood. There is a huge scratch across your face. She even scratches across your eye, and you can no longer see out of your right eye. (laughs) Maximus, you collapse onto the floor as police officers finally grab and restrain Lola. Detective.
5: That's enough! That's enough! I'm placing restraints on people involved in this little scene here. So Lola's already restrained. I'm separating her. Max, I'm having bandaged immediately with whatever little first aid we have.
0: Who specifically are you restraining? Just Lola. As Lola gets handcuffed and as she gets her stern talking to, she is so surprised that anybody would even think to address her like this. Lola is a woman who spends most parties sitting there so refined and drinking herself half-blind. She is not used to pushback of any kind.
5: Does she have her purse on her? No. I'm actually going to go into the bathroom myself.
0: You walk into the bathroom, and it's a fairly clean bathroom except for Lola's purse, which is just sitting next to the only toilet.
5: I'm gonna take that.
0: You find her driver's license, you find her checkbook, you find a package of razor blades, you find a half-used thing of nail polish, and you find some makeup, and you find a money clip with a couple thousand dollars in it. That is all.
5: I'm going to take the nail polish, and I'm going to take the wad of cash. I'm gonna put the cash in my pocket, I'm going to hold the nail polish, and I'm gonna walk back out.
0: As you walk back out, uh, it does occur to you that the you can see on the dance floor Uh, the other half of the nail polish, which spilled out earlier that night. You walk back out onto the dance floor. You have all your suspects and all the patrons of the party around for you. Are you about to make your big Eureka statement here?
5: I have a hunch and I'm not completely positive, but I follow my intuition when I can. And honestly, people tend to follow suit. So, I'm going to have a couple people line up in front of me right now. I'm going to line up Steele, Molly, Lola, and Tony. I'm just going to start pacing. First, I'm going to start with Lola. Were you aware that you left your purse in the bathroom?
0: Your jackbooted thugs came in and hauled me out here before I could take my purse with me!
5: Do you normally carry razors with you? Well,
0: look, we all have our vices, madam. I believe this is a murder case, and anything else I think should stay far away from this.
5: Just answer the question. Yes. For what purpose would a woman of your etiquette be carrying razors around you with you normally?
0: There are certain substances in the world, madam, and there are certain people... Who feel certain ways.
5: I don't have to explain myself to you. (laughs) Actually, you do. Please continue. It's for cocaine, (gasps) dammit! Molly, were you in the bathroom with Lola Valentine recently?
3: Recently, yes. I was checking up on her.
5: Um, for what reason? Were you close with her?
3: Well, women look after women.
5: Were you close with her outside of just simple women... Helping other women.
3: Unfortunately, no.
5: What was your relationship with Ken Valentine?
3: Honestly, not much. He helped my husband, and my husband appreciated him greatly. So you're familiar with the substance cocaine, correct? Sure, yeah. Are you familiar
5: with the Jackson?
3: No, I can't say I am.
5: Okay, how about its more esoteric name, Foxglove? No. Steel, you've heard all this. Indeed. What is your relationship with Lola Valentine, and what do you know about the substances that she uses?
2: I know very little about Lola Valentine, as I'm sure you can imagine why. If you can tell by the mark on my face, you can tell she does have a certain disdain for me.
5: And Tony! Uh,
0: uh, Yes? Detective?
5: (laughs) I would like you to do two things for me. First, I would like you to remove your apron. Don't touch the outside.
0: Listeners, I have been handing the detective notes after she interviews NPCs. She is privy to knowledge that you are not. I have just handed her another note and detective, do you want to read what that note says to the audience? Your gun is missing. There was blood in a single gunshot, but just who shot who? Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion to Death by Disco. You have been listening to Murder Mystery Night, the podcast, brought to you by Johnny Scott's Comics and Games.
3: Located at 1703 East Main Street, Kent, Ohio.
0: We put out new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I have been your host, Riley Walton.
4: I'm Yassir Pope.
3: I'm the Halo White Cloud. I don't really have any socials you can follow, but I'm usually up by the comic store if you want to come say hi.
2: I'm Benjamin Lambert at The Lemon Ben on socials. And
3: once again, our lovely, lovely guests
0: are.
5: i um, Abby Alio. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at a.b.b.y.al.
0: Our cover art is by Stephen T. Evans. Our music is by Max Lazanich. You can find us at Murder Mist Pod on Instagram. And once again, this has been Murder Mystery Night, the podcast. Everybody has their secret.
5: That's yours.